0: tonight, Lord willing, but we'll go to St. John chapter number one this morning, and I'm glad they've got a new name written down in glory, amen, St. John chapter number one, the gospel of John, and we'll read one verse of scripture this morning, have a word of prayer, and then we'll let you be seated, all right, just feel like it's preaching time this morning, amen, Uh, John chapter number one, and verse number 29, the Bible said the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. And saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Let's look at verse 36. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Heavenly Father. Lord, I do want to thank you this morning for the privilege to be in your house. Thank you this morning for your goodness, and thank you for your mercy. Thank you, dear Lord, for the singing that we've heard this morning. Thank you for the opportunity this morning to worship and giving, and I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy words, speak the heart, save the lost, and reclaim the backslid, and we'll thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse number 29 this morning. And chapter number one I think of the gospel of John sets the theme throughout this entire uh, gospel that we read here we noticed a few weeks ago as we was preaching on the subject of making much of Jesus how that John in the last chapter of chapter number 21 took the final two verses and he talked about in the next to last verse he talked about uh, these things the things that he wrote about in the gospel of John and then in the last verse he tried to put a period and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit thank God he could he put and there are also many other things that Jesus did in the presence of his disciples you know I'm thankful for the things that we do have that he did and I'm thankful for the many other things that we do not know about uh, that John and them was a witness to and John wrote about all the things that Christ did and when we come to this passage of scripture this morning in this chapter John makes it clear as he begins in the first chapter to make much of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say what do you mean? Well in chapter number 1 and verse number 1 he makes much of Jesus in the word as he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God. He said all things were made by him and without him was not anything that was made that was made. Amen? And so he makes much of Jesus in the word. He makes much of Jesus in witness look at verse number six he said there was a man sent from God whose name was John the same came for a witness he was not uh, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe what is John doing he's making much of Jesus in the word he's making much of Jesus in which in witness Uh, and then in verse number 35 in verse number 36 uh, he's making much of Jesus in worship amen the Bible said again the next day after John stood and the two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Amen? I'm telling you he took us all the way back to the beginning and the dawning of creation and he lifted up Christ in the Word and as the Word in the beginning of creation. He talked about him being the witness of God and how that he witnessed the light of God and then he worshipped as he said, Behold the Lamb of God. What is John doing? He's making much of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He makes much of him in verses 1 through 3 as he talks about him being the Lord. Amen. The Lord of all creation. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus is God in the flesh. Don't you believe that? He is the Son of God. He is the only begotten of God. He is the image of God. He is the light and the life of God. He is the breath of God because he is God this morning. And he talks about him being the Lord. And then in verse number 4, he talks about being the life. Uh, in him was life. Uh, and the life was the light of men. And he talks about him in verse 5 down to verse number 9. Uh, being the light. Amen. Uh, he said in verse number 7 the same. Talking about John came for a witness. To bear witness of what? The light. Amen. That all men through him might believe. John said he was not that light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He he said he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not but to as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood nor the will of flesh nor the will of man. Hallelujah, but of God. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory of the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Father, full of grace and of truth. John, what are you saying? He said, I'm making much of Jesus. He's the Lord God. He's the life of God. He's the light of God. But when you come to our text this morning, he says he is the Lamb of God. Amen? I'm glad he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You see, John did not elevate Jesus as a great prophet, even though he was. He did not elevate him as the great priest even though he was. He did not elevate him as the great king even though he was. But he elevated him as the Lamb of God. Why is that? Because of two reasons. Number one he went straight to the root of Israel's problem. You see Israel was stooped in sin. And Israel needed a Savior. And Israel needed a sacrifice. Israel needed a Lamb. Amen. And the Lamb of God had come. Hallelujah. In a second it reads that is because the word lamb is a term that the nation of Israel was familiar with, amen. You know, I'm glad I'm familiar with the lamb. Let me swallow my gum so I can preach, amen. For all you health people, you'll be worried, amen, but it'll do your blood pressure some good, amen. I'm talking about the lamb of God this morning. Jesus Christ uh, is the Lamb of God. And there's three things in this verse this morning that I want you to notice concerning uh, the Lamb of God. I'm preaching on this subject on Christ, uh, the Lamb of God. Christ, the Lamb of God. Now, you children, don't swallow your gum. Spit it out. Somebody say, man, just don't spit it out in church, all right? But I'm talking about the Lamb of God. I want you to see three things about the Lamb of God this morning. I want you to see number one. One, the observation of the Lamb Notice he uses this word here He says behold the Lamb And when you think about that word this morning I know you're no stranger to it But just for reminder sake We know that that word behold means to stop It means to gaze upon It means to fasten your eyes It means to look upon It means to observe Amen And John is standing there And he's told him, I'm not delight He said I'm not the lamb he said I'm just a witness amen he said I've got to decrease and he must increase and on the next day here comes the lamb and John makes this announcement because he wants all eyes on the lamb he wants everyone to observe of the lamb of God why is that because Israel was no stranger to the lamb you see in Genesis chapter 4 there is the account of Abel and his lamb in Genesis chapter 22 there's the end in which Abraham went up on the mountain and offered the lamb in Exodus chapter number 12 uh, there is the Passover lamb that was slain uh, on the night before the exodus uh, of the Israelites from Egypt in the book of Leviticus uh, there is the sin offering lamb which the Israelites offered uh, on the altar outside the camp at the tabernacle in Isaiah chapter 53 there's a the suffering lamb uh, of whom my friend is Jehovah who laid the iniquity of us all upon the back of his own darling son and by stripes the Bible says we are healed in our text this morning there is the gospel according to John and in verse number 29 and in verse number 36 there is the lamb that will take away the sins of this world in the book of Acts there's another instance of the Ethiopian official traveling on his chariot and he's reading about the lamb in Isaiah chapter 53 and in 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 18 through verse number 22 we're reminded uh, that we're redeemed thank God with the precious blood of Christ uh, as of a lamb uh, without blemish uh, and without spot in Revelation 5 John sees a lamb standing in the midst of the throne of heaven uh, in Revelation 21 and 22 there's the final vision of the apocalypse in which the lamb is seen reigning uh, in the new Jerusalem uh, being a new, amid a new creation and a new world uh, and I want to just clarify one thing. It's the same lamb from Genesis 4 all the way my friend to Revelation 22. The same lamb you read about in Genesis 22 when Isaac, when Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain and he said I see the wood and I see the hay or the stubble. But he said where is the lamb? Abraham said those prophetic words when he said son God will provide himself a lamb. And can I tell you from the garden of Eden and even before in the foundations of this world, God had already prepared a lamb. And he steps on the scene in John chapter number 1. And John said, take a look at him. That's him. It's the one Isaiah prophesied about. It's the one that Abraham talked about. It's the one that Abel mentioned. I'm saying this morning, we ought to observe the lamb. Amen. Thank God for the lamb. What is the significance of this lamb this morning. Why should we observe him? Because in Genesis 4, Abel, his lamb, revealed the necessity of the lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, Abraham, my friend, and Jehovah Jireh revealed the provision of the lamb. The Exodus, uh, the Passover lamb revealed the slaying of the lamb. Leviticus, the lamb without blemish, uh, revealed the character of the lamb. Isaiah chapter 53, uh, my friend, the submissive and the suffering lamb revealed the personality of the in John chapter number one, when he was recognized in human form, it revealed the identity of the Lamb. And in Acts chapter number eight, when the Ethiopian official was reading, it reveals the Isaiah chapter fifty-three. It revealed the Christhood of the Lamb in First Peter one in verse eighteen. The Lamb reveals the resurrection of the Lamb, and then in Revelation five and my friend, verse number six, it reveals the enthronement of the Lamb in Revelation. 12 21 and 22. uh, The Lamb reveals the endless kingdom of the Lamb of God. Amen. He was the Lamb in Genesis uh, and he's still the Lamb in Revelation 22. You think about this morning, Abel's Lamb was for sin. Abraham's Lamb was for one person. The Passover Lamb was for one family. The Lamb in Leviticus was for one nation. Isaiah's Lamb was for one elect. John's Lamb was for the whole world. The Lamb in Exodus uh, or in Acts uh, was for whosoever will. The Lamb in First Peter was for all history. The Lamb in Revelation 5 was for all the universe. And thank God the Lamb in Revelation 21 and 22 was for all eternity. Amen. He was enough in the beginning. He was enough in the Old Testament. He was enough in the New Testament. He'll be enough. He's always been enough. We ought to observe the Lamb of God. Amen. Amen. You see, this Lamb provides everything that we need this morning. In Genesis 4, it's propitiation. In Genesis 22, it's substitution. In Exodus 12, it was protection. In Leviticus, it was absolution. In Isaiah 53, it was expiation. In John chapter 1, it was sin's removal. In Acts chapter 8, it was personal salvation. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it's redemption. In Revelation 5, it's government. In Revelation 21 and 22, thank God it's eternal glory. One writer said it like, this. He said none other lamb and none other name. None other hope in heaven or on earth or sea. None other hiding place from guilt and shame. None other lamb besides thee. I want to tell you this morning there was a lot of lamb slain from Genesis all the way down my friend to Calvary. But there was never a lamb slain like there was that one day on the old rugged cross. And we ought to get a fresh look at Calvary this morning because he is the dark Darling Lamb of God, amen. I think about this Lamb this morning. Oh, I want to tell you, he's brighter than a thousand sunsets, amen. He's more fair than the lilies that bloom by the way. He's more sweeter than the songs uh, that the birds sing. Amen. He's more fresher than the morning's dew. He's more precious than all the diamonds and the rubies of this world. He's more pure than the silver and the gold that's mined out of this world. He's more mightier than the waves that crash upon the sea. He's more higher than the highest mountain peaks of this world. He's more glorious uh, than all the kings and the queens and the princes uh, in all their splendor and all their glory. i tell you, this Lamb is more wonderful than the seven wonders of the earth. I don't know about you, but I just like sitting down and thinking about the Lamb of God. He is wonderful. He is counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Lamb. I'm telling you, the more you behold Him, the more you want to behold Him, the more you look at Him, the more you want to see Him. I see Him in the songs that we sing. I see in the sermons that we preach i I see him in the faces of the saints i I see him in a worship service he is uh, the lamb of god if he don't show up it's not worth coming Uh, this morning the observation and we could just go on couldn't we in fact revelation allows us to behold this lamb in revelation 6 and verse 16 we see the wrath of the lamb in Revelation 7 and verse 14 we see the blood of the lamb in Revelation 13 and verse 8 we see the Book of Life of the Lamb in Revelation 15 and verse 3 we see the song of the lamb in Revelation 19 and verse 7 we see the marriage of the Lamb in Revelation 19 and verse 9 we see the supper of the Lamb and in Revelation 22 and verse 1 we see the throne of the Lamb I'm telling you this morning everything in your King James Bible the central theme are running all all through the pages of the Word of God it's about God's lamb this morning if God puts so much emphasis on it that on him then we ought to as well if John would make much of Jesus if the Bible would make much of Jesus then you and I ought to make much of Jesus amen the observation of this lamb then I want you to see in verse number 29 the owner of the lamb every lamb is owned by someone and he said behold the Lamb of God. He's not just any Lamb, but He's a holy Lamb. He's heaven's Lamb. He's a historical Lamb. He's an honorable Lamb. I'm telling you, when you start writing these things down, you just can't quit. He's a perfect Lamb. He's a present Lamb. He's a powerful Lamb. He was a predestinated Lamb. He's a prevailing Lamb. He's a priceless Lamb. He's a precious Lamb. He's a personal Lamb. He's a divine Lamb. He's a directed Lamb. He's a delivery Lamb. He's a faithful Lamb. He's my Father's Lamb. He's a for all Lamb. He's a forever Lamb. He's an eternal Lamb. He's an enjoyable Lamb. He's my friend, the Lamb of God. He's my friend, God's Lamb. And He's our Lamb this morning I'm thankful this morning uh, that this lamb belongs to him Jesus Christ came in the form of humanity my friend but he was God in the flesh Uh, he was God's heavenly lamb Uh, he was much as much man as man could be but he was as much God as what God could be the incarnation of Jesus Christ uh, uh, that God would wrap himself up in a human seed uh, and be conceived into this world uh, through the womb of a woman uh, conceived of the Holy Ghost Amen. came forth as a man child into this world lived 33 and a half years in the flesh but yet was still God hallelujah and walked upon this earth and he said if you've seen me you've seen the father it was a divine side to him and there was a human side to him it was a side that could not fail and there was a side that was in all points tempted as we are yet he was without sin he was always and has been and always will be. Be the sinless, uh, uh, supreme, uh, sacrificial lamb of Almighty God, amen. Why would he do that? Why would Jesus come incarnate as the Son of God? He would do that that he might manifest God to man. And then that he might manifest man to God. That he might be merciful and a faithful high priest. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might be head over the new creation. That he might sit on David's throne. And that he might be our kinsman redeemer. I'm talking about the owner of this lamb this morning. It was not Abraham's lamb. It was not Abel's lamb. It was not the Israelites' lamb. It was not John's lamb. It was not Isaiah's lamb. This lamb belonged to one and one only. He was the only begotten son of God. And so therefore, he was God in the flesh. But yet he was God's son. Amen. You say, can you explain that? I just tried. And what you don't understand, you can just take it by faith. I'm telling you this morning, there's a lot of things I don't understand how a car works from beginning to end. I don't have to to get in it and go somewheres. I don't have to describe and understand everything when I turn that key, what happens uh, from one end to the other. I just know when you turn the key, thank God it works. Or nowadays, if you push the button, which I don't like, somebody say amen right there, but I'm telling you, it just works. You say, well, I got it all figured out and I can explain it. Well, more power to you, amen? I don't have the time, nor the energy, nor the desire to want to, but I just believe when I get in and when I push that button, something's gonna happen, amen? And can I tell you something by faith? I just believe when you talk to this lamb, he is God's lamb. And I believe something's going to happen, amen? And what I cannot explain, I can still accept by faith. I'm glad I serve a God who is bigger than my mind. I cannot figure everything out because his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He is God's lamb. He walks on a different level because he is God. And besides him, there is none another this morning. This lamb can never be defeated. He can never be dethroned. He can never be discouraged. He can never disappoint. This lamb this morning can never fail. He can never falter. This lamb can never sin. This lamb can can never struggle. This lamb, my friend, listen, he is God's lamb today. And I think this morning, if there's anything that would wake up the church in this sleepy hour, if there's anything that would bring revival to the church in this decaying times, I I think it would be if we would get a fresh look at Calvary and get our eyes off of everything going on around us and get our eyes on the one that is worthy to be looked upon this morning. I'm telling you, this morning, the only reason you and I are still alive in 2023 is because of God himself. I'm telling you, it's not us keeping ourselves afloat. It's not our economy keeping us afloat. It's not our government keeping us afloat. It's not this world system keeping us afloat. But as long as there's a God in heaven, there's hope in this world. Amen? And no matter how dark it gets, the lights of hope are shining brighter this morning than she's ever shown before. I want to say hallelujah to the Lamb. Thank God for the Lamb. I want to say bless the Lamb. I want to say glory to the Lamb. I want to say bless His name. I want to say glory to God this morning. He is worthy to be praised. I'm not worthy of anything, but He is worthy of everything this morning. Thank God for the Lamb. I hope you don't see me this morning, but I hope you see the Lamb. Oh, this morning, in a time of entertainment, prestige, self-promotion, and popularity, if we could push all of that out of view and realize that we're nothing but dust, and the Lamb of God reached down and pulled us out of the dung hills of this old wicked world. If we could see the only one worthy to be lifted up in our midst, as you prayed this morning, the lifted up of our head. If we could see Him who is invisible, if we could look unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, we would all say, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. To Him be power and glory and dominion forever and He is worthy this morning Because He's God's Lamb The observation of the Lamb The owner of the Lamb Then I want to close this morning With this thought The objective of the Lamb What it was his His objective In this world Why did He come? Why would God send His Lamb? Why after all them other lambs Would He send this Lamb? John said, to take away the sin of the world. I want to tell you this morning, I could not do that, nor could you. Religion could not do it. I want to tell you materialism cannot do it. The things of idolatry could not do it. My friend, Satan would not do it, and he could not do it. But this morning, when the world looked hopeless, and when man was at his worst uh, God was still at his best because God didn't have anything but best to offer amen i am telling you this morning uh, God didn't offer an angel and God didn't offer a patriarch and he didn't offer a street of gold or a wall of jasper or a gate of pearl but God gave the very best thing that heaven had to offer he gave the only thing uh, that would ever be a sufficient sacrifice uh, for the sins of humanity I'm telling you God uh, emptied heaven bank that day and he gave the one thing that he only had one of. He gave the Lamb of God and the Father gave the Son and the Son gave his life. What would be the objective? It was to take away the sins of this world. You see Abel's Lamb could not take away the sin. Abraham's Lamb was a substitute but a sin, and a symbol but it could not take away the sin. The Passover Lamb and the Leviticus Lamb could not take away. But what I who Isaiah spoke about my friend who John announced uh, when he stepped on the scene uh, he had one objective when he came into this world and it was to rid this world of the sinful curse that was upon it, hallelujah isn't that a blessing this morning this lamb today will will take away the sins of this world and sinner he'll still take away your sin this morning you say, Brother Gravely, you don't know how wicked I've been. No, I don't. <clears throat> but God knows every sin that you've ever committed. And I want to tell you, there is no sin. And there's no amount of sin that anyone could ever commit that the blood of Jesus Christ could not wash away their sin. The objective is to take away the sin. Not to pay the note <coughs> for another year. All them lambs that were slain before just put the note off but they can never do away with sin. But Jesus at Calvary that day he died for me and he died as me. He died for you and he died as you. And as Jesus stretched his arms out that day at Calvary and gave his life's blood, we ought to make much of Jesus. We ought to behold the Lamb of God because suspended between heaven and hell and died amongst two thieves. And before an angry mob that day, Jesus with a loud voice, he cried it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. You know why? Because my friend he shed his blood that day and what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank God for that crimson flow at Calvary that day. It took away what all the lambs of the Old Testament could ever do. Jesus with his own blood put an end to sin that day. And when we get to Revelations, the book of Revelation, 28 times the Lamb is mentioned. In Revelation 5 and verse 6, the Lamb is seen in the midst of the throne. In Revelation 5 and verse 8, the elders fell down before the Lamb. In Revelation 5 and verse 12, all the hosts of heaven cried, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. In Revelation 6 and verse 1, the Lamb opened one of the seals. In verse 16, they said, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. In Revelation 7 and verse 9, a great multitude stood before the Lamb. And in verse 10, they sung salvation unto the Lamb this morning. In Revelation 7 and verse 14, they washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. In Revelation 13 and verse 8, it declared the Lamb was slain from the foundation. In Revelation 14 and verse 1, a Lamb stood on Mount Zion. In Revelation 14 and verse 4, they followed the Lamb. In Revelation chapter number 14, in verse 4, the first fruits unto God and the Lamb. In chapter 17 and verse 14, uh, the Bible says, And the Lamb shall, and they overcame him, uh, the, and the Lamb shall overcome them. In Revelation 19 and verse 7, the marriage of the Lamb has come. In 21 and verse 9, it says that the church, uh, that we are the bride, the Lamb's wife this morning. You say, Preacher, what are you saying? I'm simply saying this. Uh, uh, we ought to think about the observation of the Lamb. We ought to think about the owner of the Lamb. But we ought to think about his objective. He came to take away sin and he did it at Calvary. But he's going to judge this world of sin when he comes back the second time. And the Lamb, thank God, is going to take this world and he's going to turn it in a fit place to live. Amen. And for 1,000 glorious years, the Lamb of God will sit on the throne of David and he'll be in charge. i say, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of this world. We ought to make much of Jesus this morning because he is a God's lamb today Christ is not a character that we read about in the Bible he should never be put on the level of Joseph or Paul or any of the great patriarchs because they're mere men but he this morning is God's lamb his objective is to take away our sins. And I remember as a 13-year-old boy when I met this lamb. When he took away my sins and rolled away the burden of guilt and of shame. And this morning, I ask you this question. Have you behold the lamb? Is he real to you this morning? Church ought to not be about me and you and it ought to not be about church in and of itself. Church ought to be about the Lamb of God. I can never be disappointed if I go to church with my eyes on the Lamb. You put your eyes on me, you'll be disappointed. You put your eyes on the building, the church, you'll be disappointed. If you put your eyes on Jesus, you'll never be disappointed. And this morning, there may be a backslider here. Backslider, look at me this morning and listen to me. Jesus Christ gave his life for you and he died for your soul. And you say you're saved this morning, but your back slid. Why do you want to live that way? You say, "Why well, I failed God. Failure's not final. Get back up. Get out of the pit of self-pity. But feeling sorry for yourself. Quit blaming everybody else. Well, you know, I'm just sick and tired of Christians. Well, maybe Christians are sick and tired of you. I'm not backing up on that statement. Quit pointing a finger at everybody else. What are you looking at them for anyway? You're as sorry as they are. Get out of your backslid ditch this morning. Because the truth of the text is, and I love you enough to tell you the truth. Jesus did too much for you. I don't care how many times you failed, neither does he. Just make sure that when you fail, you get back up and you go on. We've all failed. But I'm not staying down by the grace of God. I may cross the finish line, Brother, brother Mike, with more bruises and mistakes than I ever care, and I will. But I'm going to keep getting back up Because he did too much for me To just give up Instead of giving up Why don't you get up this morning Get up out of that seat you're in And get in this altar And put your eyes on the Lamb And ask him to forgive you He died for you, he loves you And he'll forgive you And it's just that easy You say, what if I don't What if I failed this evening He already knows But if you'll come He'll still take you and center what's it going to take to get you in i'm telling you this morning listen to me if you're lost the days of playing church ought to be over with this thing's coming to an end friend faster than most people realize it's coming to a fast and a swift end and this morning i don't care about a paycheck and i'm not saying that arrogantly this morning i i'm saying to you, sinner. I don't care about a paycheck. I don't care about a number on a board. I don't care about a name this morning. I tell you what I care about is some sinner. Missing the flames of hell. You better get in while you can. You tell God no this morning. You get in that car and go home. He may never deal with your heart again. And you may die and go to hell without God. We need more preaching like that today. I'm telling you today. You better make sure you're saved. Gotta make sure you're ready as we stand this morning. Why don't you come while we sing? While we sing, why don't you come? Gee-